Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, what's poppin', good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. Of course, I got my man Young Vander here to drop the jewels on you. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we got an epic show for you today. News and notes that you can use. Week 3 review. Week 4 waiver wire goal. If you're looking for us on our social media sites, Facebook is the most popular and the most utilized by far. Facebook group is the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on IG, Fantasy Football Fiend. If you're trying to get any information to us as far as promos, advertisements, things of that nature, Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N, at Gmail for promos and advertising. Let's go right ahead and jump into your news. And now your fantasy news. All righty. So we have a few different things to discuss as far as news is concerned, a few injuries, a few openings that may happen based on injury. But let's kind of sort through it a little bit. We have Coach Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints. He's indicating that Michael Thomas is going to be evaluated for a foot injury. You also had Jarvis Landry go out with an ankle injury, which led to the opening of one Mr. Chris Olave getting 13 targets, nine receptions, and 147 receiving yards on Sunday's loss to the Panthers. In that game, the rookie claimed 31.7% of the target share. Now, obviously, that does have a bit to do with the injury, but I also think it's going to show the team exactly what his skill set and capabilities are. What you think about what's going on in New Orleans right now? He's probably the only bright spot right now on the team. As far as fantasy-wise, I mean, you got Michael Thomas now, who's now. Uh, Lance, you start up a little hot the week one, but then trending now, injured. Haven't heard anything from Kamara at all. I mean, he hasn't been the guy that most people have drafted. He went early in a lot of drafts. So the only, and Jameis, we see what he's got going on. So he's then turned back to the pumpkin, you know what I mean? So Yeah, that carrot uh, is gone. <laughs> for sure. So right now, Alave is the only bright spot on that team. With so, that being the case, do you try to go get Kamara or do you believe that he's going to be what you see? I honestly think he's going to be what you see. Mm. And if you do go get him, I think it, it kind of between the rock and the hard place because, I mean, you can't really sell him right now. Pennies on the dollar. You know what I mean? So, and if you go get him, what are you really going to try to go get him? Because a Camara owner is still going to want some value. You're not going to be able to give him Rashad Penny for him. So, it's really a lose-lose. I just stay away from him. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that is definitely one of the teams that is kind of surprising, but not in a good way. I had full confidence that based on the talent down there in New Orleans, they'd be able to kind of put something together. It's early, so we'll kind of see what's what. Coach Matt Eberflus said that David Montgomery is having a knee and ankle injury. He's going to be day-to-day. 
day, he did uh, leave the contest early in their surprising win in Chicago against the Texans. I was a 23 to 20 win. Now with this one, we saw what Khalil Herbert was able to come in and do. Are we thinking that David Montgomery is going to kind of rush his way back so he don't lose his job? Or is this going to be a one of those things where he's going to be out for at least a week or two and Khalil Herbert might just be that dude while he has no competition? When I first seen this injury, I thought about you because you own both of those guys, Montgomery yes, and sir. Herbert. And I was like, man, they just got a blessing in disguise. I know, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. and I and I don't, you know, I don't wish injury on nobody, right? This was like, okay, man, I'm kind of glad he got hurt to make way for this guy. You know what I'm saying? Same thing, like you may feel if you're Javonta Williams owner in Denver. If, if Gordon get hurt, he can make way. But um, it's saying that he's day to day, so it is possible he could miss a game or two. And I think Herbert would show that this offense is more for for his skill set. But even in the return of David Montgomery, I think he has earned he would earn himself a role in the offense, and it'd probably be more of a split maybe like a Damien Harris or Ron J. Stevenson type of ordeal going on, which is not healthy for anybody at that point. And that's actually what I was going to ask. With this situation being what it is, do you go for one or the other of them, or do you stay away from both of them? Hopefully, if you have one, you got the other one. That's the only advice I can really give you. If you have to go after one of them, I will go after Herbert. You see what he did in limited fashion. I mean, he had a better game than hell, probably a better game than David had all year combined. You know what I'm saying? So, it just, just, the offense just fit, and it's been rumblings before the season started that he did fit better right and, and now and he's and getting the chance to show it so now it won't be one of those where the coach did this to me type of sitting right. the number said that. Right. and it shows i mean david mcgovern yeah. is a talent you know what i mean i think in real nfl teams maybe need to go calling absolutely you know what i mean a team that's running back needy to get that one guy because he is a talent for sure go get herbert if you have to get anyone they definitely not paying him next year with herbert in the fold i can tell you that right now especially in dynasty you might be able to kind of grab someone who's going to be a stalwart of their offense going forward we have mac jones who's believed to suffer a high ankle those high ankle springs they, they, that's normally what six to eight weeks that that's no bueno for the patriots i think brian hoyer is going to be one to come in and spell them and then you have zappy as the backup now to hoyer it's going from bad to worse for new england and i am about to start researching if we have our own picks or if we traded them away because it looks like those picks are going to be pretty high this year if we got to go without mac Bay for eight weeks so there was a bright spot it looks like park that they're trying to get the ball to him. We'll see how that works out with Brian Hoyer, but Parker ended up having a pretty good game. I think he ended up like over 150 yards or so, but it's going to be tough sledding if Mac Jones is out for that about eight-week time period, which is what we normally see with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I definitely see him being out for a while. I'm not sure it's going to be eight, but probably definitely four to six. It depends on the severity of the sprain. You'll probably see more of an emergence now of Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, the last two weeks, he has led both parties in snaps and uh, route running. And uh, I think you'll see him probably take more of a lead. They're probably going to really rely more on the run game. Uh, I wouldn't feel excited about Devontae Parker's, uh, what he did yesterday, I mean, it was the Ravens, 2,785 yards to the Dolphins the week before. Yeah, so, the uh, Ravens are like <laughs> right now. Like, like they used to be all defense and hardly any offense. And not, they, now they're they defense, secondary. Like, the secondary horrible. is just word to the wise. If you're facing, if you have players, wide receiver, quarterback, or even in DFS, if you're facing the Ravens, hey, duo up, team up, get the quarterback, get the receiver. If you got the receiver, start the receiver. Yesterday, I thought it was going to be Aguilar, but it just so happened to be Devontae that took the lead. So I knew one of them was going to do it. With the with this nose, though, 
rely on the running game. I think uh, that's what Bilden would do to uh, Hoyer at the helm. Dalvin Cook with a dislocated shoulder. Now, this isn't his first time dislocating this shoulder. And I want to say he did it last year as well. He came right on back and didn't really miss much time other than the game that he hurt himself in. Do we see the same thing happening this time? Or do we see Alexander Madison possibly kind of getting in there and minimally spelling him if they temper his attempts? No, I don't think he's going to really miss some time. At first, I was like, oh, well, Madison owners, here you go. Uh, But uh, I think he's going to wear that harness. Mm-hmm. Show the harness that he has, has worn before, right? And he'll be and he'll be back out there with this injury. Some like you said, some that he's had had before. They throw the harness on him, and I think he'll just be out there as usual. You got another top notch running back out there that is kind of gimpy. You, DeAndre Swift, who carried the ball seven times for thirty one yards in Sunday's contest, the twenty eight to twenty four loss to the Vikings. He also added three reception, uh, three receptions on four targets for eighteen yards. I mean, he's constantly involved, but he's also constantly nicked up. One of the guys to present himself as possibly an opportunity has been uh, Mr. Williams, his backup. It looks like he's the goal line guy once they're inside the red zone and Swift is the guy that kind of gets them there. Are we doing anything based on this prognosis or is it, you know, status quo? Is Williams kind of rising in the ranks? How are we looking at this situation? Hopefully, if you're a Swift owner, you will have Williams. I mean, being looking at how how that thing um, is panning out. I wouldn't feel safe playing Williams if I don't have Swift. Maybe in a flex. He's a great flex uh, guy. I wouldn't be ready to rise him up to like an RB2 or anything like that. Because I've seen the game like the, the week before, he didn't do much at all. Uh, but he has seemed like he has been the goal line back. I think a lot of this will return back to a normal one. Swift is 100% healthy. And I think Swift will kind of like get a lot of those goal line touches as well. If you're a Swift owner, I would want to have Williams. If not, if you do have Williams, I think he's a pretty, he has earned a good flex uh, start week to week. J.K. Dobbins finally got in his first game. He rushed seven times, 23 yards, and secured two targets for 17 yards in the Ravens' 37-26 to win over the Patriots on Sunday. It looks like Dobbins is back in the fold, and the Ravens normally use a committee. The fact that Dobbins is back in and Hill was the guy getting quite a bit of run prior to, I think I'm kind of staying away from this backfield altogether because I can see everybody kind of being on a pitch count, so to speak, based on them wanting to get Dobbins in but not give him too much work. Most definitely, man. There's only three guys on this uh, on this offense that you should have on your team. Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews. There's nothing else to really talk about. Uh, stay away. Buyer beware. Player beware. If you have these guys, if you are, if you had Dobbins and you've been holding him in your IR spot, he's back and somebody come knocking, sell him. Like they just alluded to, man, I would stay away from any Drake, Hill, Davis, hell, anybody. Just stay away from any Raven running back right now. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like right now their best running back is their quarterback. Speaking of, I mean, Lamar is about to back the Brinks truck up to Baltimore Ravens Stadium because he is their offense. He's their team. They don't have defense. They bear, I mean, they have Bateman. They have Andrews. Duvernay looks like he could possibly turn into something at some point, but he is their offense. Unless he just doesn't want to be a Raven, they pretty much got to give him whatever he asked for. And if I'm him, tomorrow's price is not today's price and it's not yesterday's price. Once I get you through this season, I'm not still looking like an MVP. Regardless of whether he gets hurt, you see what he brings to this offense at this point. So I really like Lamar's chances of ending up being the highest paid quarterback in the league. Well, I mean, I made this prediction 
situation like over a year ago, and I said he would end up a Miami Dolphin. And that's what I was about to bring up. <laughs> so does he take the check from the Ravens, or does nah, he, you know? I, I mean, th- there's a few teams out there that want him, and it kind of feels like he would rather be in a different system. Honestly, man, I think how this thing's gonna play out. He's gonna earn his money. He's gonna have a good year, and I still think the Ravens are going to go in there pussyfooting due to the fact you understand Lamar is doing something that's unprecedented. He's going against the normal way. He's going against the system. He's representing himself. Right. To be all honest, people don't like that. Right. Because yeah. it's not, you know, it's not the way you're supposed to do things. You're supposed to pay one of these guys for us to pay you. Nah, I want to be in control of my own money. And they don't like that. And that's the reason why he ain't got paid now. You got a guy like a Deshaun Watson. How many games that he won for the Cleveland Browns? Right. That part. He hasn't won any. And he's not going to play. I mean, play. honestly, he didn't win very many for the Texans either if you want to go right. win loss record. We all know the talent he holds, but he hasn't won a game for the Browns. And they made him highest paid and they gave him a backloaded contract to make him happy. And this is a guy who's been proven. Hell, he's 80% of your offense. If not 85% of your offense. And you don't do right by him. He already said he's not playing on the tag. So I think they're going to still go in there playing around next year and he's going to sit out and it's going to get real ugly from that point. I think the first thing they're going to do is offer him what he asked for before and then they're going to give him their ass to kiss when he asked for more. And then he's going to sit out. And then, yeah, right. Like, but, but see, you, you know, playing you a, you playing a, dang- you playing a dangerous game though, at that yeah. point. Hell yeah. Because is it Herbert up next year? Herbert like, and Burrow. Oh, so you already know what they're trying to do. I don't even think Herbert is going to have to ask for it. The Chargers, here you go. But again, Herbert is another guy who hasn't done anything in his league. Again, we know his talent. He's super talented, but he hasn't won any playoff games, any notable playoff games, and he hasn't won MVPs. So once the Chargers say, hey, hell, we know we want you. Here come your money. That that thing just keep going higher and higher. And now you got Lamar going to say, okay, I want to leapfrog that one. I think they're playing a dangerous game. It's a team that's on his list and a team that I believe, and this is not hyperbole, if the Detroit Lions got Lamar as their quarterback, bro, first of all, they definitely be the team to beat in that division. Green Bay don't scare me anymore. Chicago's not there yet. The Vikings seems to have the talent, but in many games can't get out of their own way. I believe they would take over that division and he would be a stud for the next 10, 15 years. And, Who and, does and, that, though? That, that, you know, when I seen that, I was like, damn. Detroit. That means he ain't bullshit. <laughs> I mean, but, Who but think about Detroit? It, but think about it. It's no different than what. And when I say this, please don't hear what I'm not saying. But it's no different than what Tom Brady did with Tampa Bay. He saw that the only thing that they were missing was him and went in and immediately won a Super Bowl. I honestly believe that Detroit is now in a position, especially when we're talking about one more draft, they're going to be in a position where all they need is him. They have they already have better skill players than where he's winning and playing now. Much easier uh, division to win as well. So, I mean, I I'm just saying. I agree. He looked good in both places. I mean, can you imagine him in Miami? But see, that's just it. Two is finally stepping up. Jalen Hurts is stepping up. Those are two other teams that was on his list. So I don't necessarily know that they're going to be in the market for a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback when they can still pay the guys that are doing it for them now quite a bit less. Let's see if Tua can even make it through a season for one. No, true. True. I mean, we already seen what happened. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. He's stepping up, but he's stepping up because they're stepping up. True. If that makes yeah, sense. It's not absolutely. like he's like it's a causation thing. He would be right. the same as he was last year if he didn't have the receiving core that he has now. But Correct. the team went out and got what they needed for him to be successful. 
and the fact yeah. that they can pay them and others because they won't have to pay him Lamar type money, that might be the reason that Lamar doesn't end up in Miami. Who knows? Yeah, but, Maybe he'll take a concession to go home. I, yeah, I don't know. Again, like I said, going home at Miami, they become a favorite, Super Bowl favorite. And tax-free. So maybe you give them what you would have paid in taxes and call it even. Yeah. So you, you have that going for you, too. That pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into the week three review. Man, we have some teams that are surprising for all the right reasons and some that are surprising for all of the wrong reasons. The Broncos, they're confusing me. I know right now to their brass, they're like, okay, we paid a quarter of a billion dollars for this. They've won a couple of really close games and maybe those are, well, I won't even say maybe, those are definitely games that they would not have won, but they got to get this thing together. Wilson completed 20 or 33 pass attempts for 184 yards, no touchdowns. He had 17 yards on six carries, which he finally decided he was going to carry the ball again, which he hadn't done much as a Bronco in the 11 to 10. Again, I say 11 to 10 win over the 49ers. Both of these teams highly disappointed me with their offensive output. Jerry, Judy, and Wilson don't seem to be on the same page. Sutton is definitely the favorite receiver. Judy was limited to two receptions on six targets for 17 yards. Williams, Javante Williams, he rushed 15 times for 58 yards, caught three of five targets for two yards. It, it was just not good. Sutton, he finished with nine receptions on 10 targets. He was the one of the one bright spots. He had 97 yards. So, you know, that worked out well for the Sutton owners. But I am very weary of what's going on in Denver and what's going on in San Fran. What say you? I wish Joe was here just so I could say I told you. <laughs> this, this dude Hackett don't know what the hell he's doing. It's pretty clear. Uh, we've seen some of the boneheaded decisions he's made for his time and different things like in the last couple of weeks. This guy don't know what he's doing, man. And it's making Russ look bad. This isn't your uncle's Broncos offensive line because they haven't been really doing a lot of good blocking. Um, he's really can't stand in the pocket. He's been moving around a lot. I don't like their play calling. I don't like their personnel changes. You see the Javonta Williams get a, a rhythm and then they'll pull him out. It's horrible over there. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people are going to look at Russ and say, oh, look at Russ is falling off. Nah, I don't really think it's Russ falling off. I really think these guys, it's just the play calling and it's, it's just, it's just, it's bad. It's awful. You got this Ricky guy, he's calling plays. He has never called plays before and it, and it shows. It really, truly shows. The 49ers, man, Jimmy G is bad. I mean, he's not good. He's okay, but he's they not good. They have his replacement already for a reason. Yeah, (laughs) and they've been trying to push this guy to the forefront for a reason, and it's been shown. This guy stepped out of bounds. They scored two points. I mean, they couldn't score offensively like that in the defense, so you're just going to step. You have no awareness. You're going to take a ball and just step on the back line and get two points of the team. And those two points literally cost you the game. Ridiculous, man. You know what I'm saying? So you can see they're very limited with the loss of Trent Williams yesterday. At that point, you see you can't block for this guy. Because he, he's a statue in the pocket. There you go. Yep. And that, you know, that shows. So once Trent Williams went down, he was, I mean, it's it, going to be a it, long season. It, it showed why they was trying their hardest to replace him. Agreed. It's just, it's going from bad to worse, to be honest with you. Brandon Ayuk caught three of his eight targets. Uh, again, when Garoppolo's in the game, Ayuk doesn't quite seem to be the same, but he caught three of his eight targets for 39 yards and a touchdown. So that kind of salvaged his day. Kittle hauled in four or five targets for 28 yards. Samuel, he's looking like his normal self. He can be the man, but 
at any given time, he can go down. Um, he did catch five of eight targets for 73 yards, and he had five rushing attempts for only six yards, though. We'll kind of see where these teams go, but they're kind of surprising for the wrong reasons. Although, I will say, until you get on point getting a win any way you can for the Broncos is definitely a good thing. So, you know, that's a, is what it is. Another team that kind of surprised for all the wrong reasons this weekend was the Chargers. I'm now, granted, Herbert completed 25 of 45 attempts. We know he had the rib issues. He had 297 yards and one touchdown to go along with one interception in the 38 to 10 loss to the Jaguars. I went out and targeted the Chargers defense for this one, just thinking that they can hold it in the road minimally. Ended up with like minus four points with it. That that defense really disappointed me. Now, granted, Bosa went out, but everybody else was still there. So they should have been able to do better than letting the Jags put up almost a 40 burger on them. With that being said, the Jaguars passing offense is looking exactly like what Doug Peterson's passing offenses normally look like. Not to mention the fact that your boy Robinson, he is what he was before he went down to that injury. This may be a guy that I, I don't know if maybe you have another week that you can possibly go get him without paying giraffe ass high prices. But one more decent game. We, we already see that he's ahead of ETN, but one more decent game. And we're talking about this guy as possibly end, ending the season top 10 RB or higher. For sure. Um, I wish Joe was here. Just so I could tell him that ETN ain't like that. <laughs> but um, that boy hurt. Uh, Justin Herbert is hurt. Yeah, and it's obvious. Yeah, I know he's tough. He's a tough kid. And uh, he definitely need to be sitting this one out because it showed yesterday. Where in the world is Austin Eckler? You know what man, I'm saying? Like, man, you, you spent your first round. just four times for five yards. You spent caught your, the ball eight times. Right. Now, you spent your first round times. pick. You spent your first right. round pick on this guy. You're talking about he's one of the biggest disappointments in this league uh, so thus far this year. Like Absolutely. He hasn't done anything. Sony Michelle led the backfield. Five carries, 22 yards, which isn't anything to write home about, but he led the backfield. He also had two targets, nine yards. Yeah, we, I mean, like you said, the Doug Peterson effect is starting to kick in. I can see Trevor Lawrence getting a lot comfortable, a lot more comfortable. I like it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's, it's looking good what he's doing. The defense played really well, considering hell, they need um, – you definitely need uh, Keenan Allen to hurry back, i tell you that. Yeah, man, for real. So let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on James Robinson? And if Keenan Allen is to return, what are your thoughts as far as Michael Williams is concerned and then Gerald Everett? Because then they won't kind of have that same target share. And this week, granted, again, Herbert was hurt, but they couldn't do a whole lot with the target share. They had all the Williams did score a touchdown. I think James Robinson has proved he may be a cousin of Adrian Peterson. <laughs> that Wolverine seen, gene? <laughs> yeah, he might have a little bit of that in him because has her horrific of the injury that he took and to come yeah. back at this point, in, you know, the beginning and just may look a little better than last year. I mean, the, yeah. his, you know, himself. It's crazy, so, right? Yeah, we've seen how Akers look. We've seen how, um, what's another guy that, um, we, 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 well, we've seen Dobbins yesterday, his his debut. So we've seen some guys that took these kind of injuries and, you know. They didn't even give him a snap count. I mean, like, nah, he, nah, he, James, he was like, dude from the beginning. Yeah, he's <laughs> coming out, he's shooting out the rocket, like, you know what I'm saying? He was very, uh, and look at the value he's been, his ADP in the draft right, and, that part. and his production. Like, And now he's a now he's a hell of a sell. Now, th okay, again, we go back to this. 
the shows of previous times that we talking about early in the season on how you got those veteran proven guys that slow stars and then we got those guys that shoot a rocket. Dig this. We seen Austin Eckler, the struggle. We seen a guy like Cordell Patterson, his couple ups and downs, but more ups right now than downs. It's early in the season. If you're a James Robinson owner, if you in the hell, if you if you have James Robinson or any Cordell Patterson, I guarantee you right now you could package those guys and go get Austin Eckler right now. Do you want to? Hell yeah. You think Eckler's going to get that much better? I'm a marathon guy. I want to win when it counts. And I understand these guys are doing what they do, but Eckler finished second overall last year in running backs. And these are the type of moves you must make because right now the Eckler owner, he's upset. Eckler's not hurt. Now, don't go do this for Najee Harris because he still has a less frank issue. But hell yeah, you make that move. For James Robinson, Austin Eckler, you damn right you make that move. You make it now because you, what you spent for him and what you're getting is two different things. Which one are you going to take? A brand new Toyota Camry or a used Ferrari? I'm going to always take the used Ferrari regardless. And I'm not saying that James Robinson is Camry. But he's, I mean, hey, it is what it is at this point. So these are the moves I'll be looking. If you're a James Robinson owner and you got that guy that's upset right now at Camara, he's upset right now at Austin Eckler. Shit, I'll go knock on this door right now. Maybe he got Javonta Williams and he ain't quite kicking off like he thought he would. Go do it. Now, see, that is actually more appealing to me than Eckler. Yes, he was number two last year, but that was an outlier year for him. He's never been that dude. Don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if it's a difference in the offense itself or what, but they don't even seem to be giving him the same opportunities that he got last go around. We'll kind of see how that goes, but I definitely see where you're coming from. You want to strike while the iron's hot for sure. 100%. You got the Raiders. Mr. Carr completed 26 of 44 passes for 303 yards, two touchdowns, one interception in Sunday's loss to the Titans, 24-22. Man, Mac Hollins went off. He recorded eight receptions out of 10 targets, 158 yards and a touchdown. This is obviously a product of Winfro not being around, but it still is what it is. I think that Hollins is showing himself to be the number two wide receiver. Adams was able to haul in a touchdown that kind of salvaged his day a little bit. But we kind of see the Raiders, they aren't quite what they look like they could be on paper. Again, it is early. Another one of those teams that, you know, it's showing that we should use our preseason time a little bit more judiciously. It, that is what it is now. I think that they can still level up, if you will. I wouldn't panic on anyone from the Raiders as far as fantasy is concerned. And some of their losses have actually helped us a bit as far as fantasy is concerned because they still got to go all out from beginning to end in most of these games. So, We'll kind of see how it ends up, but I wouldn't run away from what they're producing as far as fantasy is concerned. Although I know if you're a Raiders fan, you're kind of heartbroken right now. No, I agree with you totally. I don't think it's ready to, you know, don't panic yet. Mac Hollins, though, he's definitely a guy you go out and get because it doesn't look like this is going to be a fly-by-night thing. This is like this may be an actual relationship uh, between him and Carr, especially with guys like Devonta and, and Waller getting the type of coverage they be getting. He actually looks comfortable the last two weeks. If you've been watching, he looks very comfortable throwing to this guy. So I think this is something that's going to be, you know, legit looking down the road. Um, and he was a guy that was a standout in camp as well. They were talking about him as being the second guy up behind Adam, so. How, how should the um, the Adams owners feel right now looking at the situation as far as, I mean, yesterday he only had five catches. He did have a touchdown, but he had 10 targets. I mean, he's only catching 50% of his ball. So, uh, I, I mean, love it. Seen, 
<clears throat> I love so you. It, it, the reason I said it is because if he's putting up fantasy numbers when they haven't jailed this time next month, I expect it to be better. Every week, I expect them to become a little bit more involved within the system. We got to understand, right? we, we have new players, new coach, new system. It's a whole lot going on to think that they're going to look their best in week three. The numbers that they're putting up right now, coupled with the fact that they can only learn more about each other and the system. I love where they are. They would be people that I would try to go get if someone else is kind of feeling down about it. You know, right. again, as you just said, go grab those stars that are kind of down right now, because unless they're just going to have the worst season of their life, their up games are coming. And now you'll get the benefit of those up games and the down games have already passed. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm looking at as far as the Raiders are concerned. I'm also kind of looking the same way if the Tom Brady owner is a little frustrated because we know he had none of his receivers and they still gave Green Bay a run for their money. I love the fact that we saw this from when he was with the Patriots, obviously. He can take a little bit of anybody and make them look pretty pretty decent. But at the end of the day, between the offensive line and an entirely different wide receiver core, they just can't pull it off. But the Packers still only put up 14 points, so I'm not exactly impressed with them either. The difference is, I know some somebody's saying right now, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers don't have any receivers either. The difference is, there's only, I want to say, like two receivers of his that were out, and that's on the Packers for not actually having it. But when all of your starters are out, as far as Tampa Bay is concerned, now granted, Mike Evans, that was on him for you know, getting suspended, but you got Godwin hurt and then you got Julio hurt. I mean, there was just a lot going on as far as Tampa Bay was concerned. I don't like Green Bay this year. I will continue to say it. I don't like Aaron Rodgers this year. I don't think he's going to get very much better. The running game is what it is. I do like Jones. I do like Dylan, although, you know, neither one of them got off like they could or will, in my humble opinion, but I just don't mm. like Green Bay this year. No, nah, I'm not a real big fan of them offense. I mean, of course, you like the guys in the backfield, but I mean, they ran into the Bucks, who's one of the better run defenses we have in this league. So I didn't expect them to do much anyway yesterday. All these guys are on do not play lists for me. Aaron Rodgers and the backfield as well as the Packers. Um, it was bright to see Brady throw to some pedestrians, you know. They still had an opportunity to win this ball game. I thought we would see a lot more from Leonard Fournette due to the Packers having such a bad, bad run defense. But that didn't quite happen as well. That was surprising uh, as well. I don't know, man. These, these are two teams that's pretty much, they're just on autopilot right now just floating just to see what happens. I mean, the Bucks are in a better position than the Packers because they do have receivers. They're just banged up, and the Packers have none. It's, they need to get somebody in there. Maybe you call the Giants and see if you can get Kenny Galladay on the horn. Or something. I would already have Odell in my back pocket waiting to get healthy. Yeah, but you have to wait to what? November? Maybe? November, yeah. yeah. Do you have time? I mean, put it like this. He wouldn't be the only one I would go after, but there's no way I would let that type of talent sit out there and we're this deficient in that position and I'm yeah, not going to You still have, what's my guy name? Um, my guy that was waiting on Deshaun Watson to make his move. Fuller. You still got guys like Will Fuller out there. I, yo, the thing about me, if I was a GM, it'll be like fantasy football because I'll patchwork this shit. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Um, like you <laughs> exactly. said, you, you definitely make the call. You go get uh, Kenny Galladay, make that trade. You go get Will Fuller. And like, there's certain guys you can go get and you can put that thing together real quick and make it look presentable. And with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he can make it work. But they, didn't, I mean, they don't he, do he that. Was trying to make it work with Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins did what but, he does. Got no, no. But see, again, you don't even bring him in the building. 
That was a mistake from the beginning. <laughs> Sammy Watkins has shown you who he is the last how many years? Why does he, he have Clinton, pretty much? Why does he have an invite? That's the problem. He shouldn't have been at the party regardless. So there's so many guys out there. I'd rather have Will Fuller than Sammy Watkins before you made the move. See what Fuller, I'm saying? Fuller get hurt too. So I mean, yeah, but but Fuller serves a purpose. He still can get vertical. I'd rather have Deshaun Jackson. See what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like you still got guys that's at the house. Because Deshaun Jackson also proved last year that he's still he's still a threat to get 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 out of there to get yeah. vertical. I mean, hell, I they could have done what what Tampa Bay did and called up uh, Beasley. I, I don't understand why Chicago hadn't made that move. Oh man, Chicago has tried. I mean, they brought in what Pringle. They brought in uh, uh, that's another guy. More, they, I think they brought in more. He yeah, was in Seattle yeah. before. Nigga, they brought in another guy. Like they they tried again. They, they bring brought in, in that Olivia St. Brown. He he has a flash here and there. Yeah, this is bringing in all the wrong pieces. Yeah, you, exactly. You lost MVS, who was your more vertical. Bring in Deshaun DJ. He gonna. He does it. I know he's older, but proof is still in the pudding. He does what he does. You know what I'm saying? And the emergence, I think Romeo Dobbs have shown he played well. He He played more. He played more snaps. He ran more routes. And I think he's going to be the guy that takes the lead in his role and is on his team as far as receiving. And whether it's by talent or by default, because there's nobody else to turn to, either way it goes. Volume is king in fantasy. So I think you'll probably hear his name a little bit a little bit later as well. You had Atlanta who snuck out a victory against the Seahawks in a 27-23 win. Pitts finally had a sighting. He was 5 of 8 on targets for 87 yards. So quite a bit better. You could see that there were plays that were specifically designed to get him in the game. Cordell Patterson is still doing what he did. A lot of us kind of slept on him this offseason. I do see going down the championship stretch, maybe him not having the burst that you currently see, but Drake London also showed up. He's showing to be one of the best rookies so far. I want to say him and Garrett Wilson have the best stats so far, as far as the rookies are concerned. Dotson isn't too far behind, but he didn't have that good of a game this past week with Washington. So you have London who caught three of six for 54 yards and a touchdown. And it's looking like Mariota, barring injury, might be a steal this year as far as drafts were concerned. You could pretty much get him right there with some of the guys that either weren't getting drafted or that you were kind of hoping that they would get a job like the Kenny Pickett's of the world. You know, he, he was being drafted pretty low. What we got on Atlanta? Atlanta, Atlanta. I agree with you. Cordell, he, he showed up. But we seen him play last week to play the Rams, and he didn't look like anything. So I just think it depends on the defense he's going against. To me, I, would, I didn't really sleep on him. He's just a guy I didn't trust as far as on the, the back end of the season. I think he's not really a running back. He's playing it, but I think everything else will wear on him by season's end. He'd be a guy I'd be looking to sell high if I could. Love to see what That's I've seen. That's my mind from, is to sell high. Yeah, I love this. what I've seen from Drake London. Looks good. He has a lot of promise. I still don't think he's – I still don't think Mayor's the guy to unlock him as well as Pitts is finally good to see them. Finally, he's the best receiver on the damn team. About time to do, try to do something. I mean, try to get him involved, at least, you know, to open up, you know, everything else on the field. Uh, and Mariota, fantasy-wise, he's, he's okay, you know, but he's just not, in my opinion, the guy to unlock his offense. thought we'd see a lot more running from him this year, you know, more design runs. But I think once Riddler is in place, I think you'll see the unlock of the Drake Londons, the unlock of the Kyle Pitts, because he's more of a threat to throw the ball, and I think, you know, we used to a lot more Seattle, man. Just try to get a guy from Alabama or the guy from Ohio State or something like that Basically. next year. 
You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they'll have the draft capital to do so. It's a little bit more going on. I mean, Gino hasn't been bad. He, I, I don't think he's been the reason they're they're losing. I'll put it that way. At the same time, they're definitely going to get one of those guys if they don't go trade for somebody. We'll kind of see how that goes. But C.J. Stroud or um, Young out of Alabama, I can definitely see that being a, a move that they look at making or they may trade the pick and go down a little next year's quarterback draft is a little bit deeper than what we've seen in recent years as far as college is concerned uh, you brought up new england a little bit earlier stevenson rushed 12 times for 73 yards and had a touchdown he also secured four of five targets for 28 yards in the patriots 37 to 26 loss to the ravens on sunday i was talking about parker he had five receptions for 156 yards so he had a little bit of a bright spot um, whether or not that is going to continue or be consistent that's yet to be determined but i would stay away from any patriots with mac jones down actually i would target the patriots as far as defenses are concerned going forward the offense is already struggling and brian Hoy Warrior ain't it. I don't want anybody in New England at this point going forward. Even though they're going to have to run the air out of the ball, the defense is going to know what's coming. If you want to target anybody, you got to target the backfield. I think they actually, I think they got Green Bay next week, which is horrible against the run. So I think uh, certain teams like that, I would target and maybe feel comfortable playing those guys. Yeah, this is Green Bay. Ramondre Stevenson, I think I would target him. I probably, you know, would spend a lot of bread on him, but I would target him if you are in a position. If you have, like me, you got James Conner. You got some guys that's a little beat up and really not giving you much production. These could be some sneaky guys that you play and, and get you a dub. You may not go after Hoyer or any pass catches, but I will target that backfield in particular games. So if you're playing the Bills, of course not. But if you're playing a team like the Packers, a team, and now with Hoyer at quarterback, well, hell, it's always like Matt Jones out there slinging it around. So shit, what's really the difference? Hell, I might like Hoyer's a better passer any damn way than Matt Jones, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't like what's going on with the Patriots offense just in general this year. And I think it's going to make it that much more difficult for a very talented backfield. I wouldn't target any of those guys. If you have those guys, as far as the running backs are concerned, I wouldn't panic and sell them for pennies on the dollar. But they, they, they definitely on a backfield I would be running to go get. Unless someone else was panicking and it's a fire sale going on, then I would, you know, definitely have them as backup RBs. We had a surprising loss by Kansas City. The Colts ended up taking Kansas City. So that was the probably one of the, the locks of the week in most people's minds. Didn't quite turn out that way. Juju Smith-Schuster did lead all receivers. He and Kelsey were tied with eight targets each. So it looks like Juju is kind of starting to separate as the lead dog as far as receiver is concerned. Obviously, Kelsey is always going to be target hog in the offense, but they evened out this week. Not very much production from it, so maybe they go back to not targeting him after this week. Who knows? Kansas City, for the first couple of weeks, looked like they were chugging right along. And then here comes the lowly coats that seem like they couldn't get out of their own way, and they seemingly won one for the Gipper. Is this just fool's goal? It was one of those, hey, we get to play the champs. We get to play you know, people that will get respect for beating, and now this time next week, we're going to end up losing to a team that we probably should beat. Like, how do you see the Colts going forward, and how do you see the uh, Chiefs? The answer is right in front of you. Who on the Colts did something fantasy-wise offensively? I mean, nothing Nobody. special. <laughs> so nothing special. If, if you watch this game, man, like, the Colts didn't do anything to win this game. I mean, the Chiefs was doing things to lose this game. They muffed the punt right by the end zone, yeah. and they scored a short touchdown. Travis Kelsey actually dropped the touchdown that yeah. he was able to catch. True. You had a few late call 
personal foul against Chris Jones. Him and Matt Ryan was sitting there just talking. It wasn't like no hands thrown, no pushing, or nothing. He made a sack. They got up. They standing face to face, just talking shit to each other. They threw a flag on him. Like it was just like little things along the way that lost. The kicker missed three kicks, if I'm not mistaken. I, be- I bet you they wish they hadn't a fire blanket ship now. He missed. No, 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 no. My bad. That, that was no. Like they, the got bu- they got yeah, Buckner. Buck- Buckner's hurt. He's yeah, hurt. Buckner's yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the kicker, he missed a couple. Like, like if you watch this game, the coach, trust me, when I said they stole this one, they did absolutely nothing to win this game. Jonathan Taylor didn't do much. Michael Pittman didn't do much. I mean, like, the, the guys that you expect to do something to win games, they didn't. So the Colts will, they look, they don't look good. I feel for Jonathan Taylor owners. They spent, you spent an early, you spent the first pick on them more than likely in your league. I don't know what the hell is going on. It just looks so different. It seemed like it would be better with a Matt Ryan than Wentz at quarterback, but somewhere along the line, something is is off. I don't think it's him per se, talent wise. I think he's still. I think he's healthy. Everything, but something just ain't quite clicking. Another one of those you should have got your shit together in the preseason type situation. He's definitely not one that I would panic on. If you can go grab him, please do. Maybe you can put together, you know, a. Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, James Robinson, you try to figure out what's going to move the other person and and maybe you can get someone who's going to get you through the championship weeks. But my thing is this, again, players very rarely lose talent. Situations just change and the cream still rises to the top. What you don't want to do is go out and get people who have already had their splash weeks and now they're getting to their quote unquote ordinary weeks. So you go through the lull of both the guys that you're getting and the guys that you gave up. There's certain guys that I'm just not going to panic on and if they do just happen to have a down year, it's a, is what it is and I'll bear that cross if you will, but yeah, he's definitely not one that I, I'm going to be selling low, high, or in between anytime soon. Well, I just got breaking news. Uh, DeAndre Swift he did suffer a shoulder sprain. Mm. Uh, it says not expected to require surgery, but he can okay. miss some time. So, oh, wow. yeah, you you're gonna buy all the wind stock that you can right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, he he goes now to the front of the list. One hundred percent. And I would say, we'll, we'll kind of go down that list a little bit in just a second. But yeah, he definitely goes to the front of the list. Just some honorable mentions as far as games are concerned. The Bengals were able to put things together a little bit against the Jets. The Eagles are rolling right along. They stumped the Commanders. It was a 24-8 to victory. They got a, a cheap touchdown at the end as far as the Commanders were concerned. So Hertz is looking like he's throwing his hat in the ring for MVP this year. So we'll kind of see how that ends up going. The Cowboys and Giants tonight. Any splash plays as far as fantasy is concerned in your mind with this game? Or is it going to be one of those knockdown, drag out divisional games where nobody's going to do a whole lot? I like the Cowboys defense. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantasy wise, I think Michael Parsons may get another two plus sex tonight. Uh, I want to see what Saquon does, though, because we've seen the big explosion week one. We've seen it drop off week two. And let's see what week three brings us. Is it going to be another boop, boop, boop? Or is it going to be, okay, this is who I am this year? So I am. Uh, interested in seeing that. This, this should be a, a ugly game. I mean, you got a pedestrian quarterback on one end, and then you got an offense that has been pedestrian on his own on the other end. So it may be a low-scoring game, maybe a defensive game. But I like the Cowboys defense tonight. Lastly, let's take a look 
specifically at the people that we should be targeting for waivers. Now, we've talked about some of these guys already within conversation, but we do want to highlight the guys that we are going to kind of take a look at. One guy that I do want you to take a look at if you are having any wide receiver struggles, especially in PPR, Isaiah McKenzie of the Buffalo Bills secured seven of nine targets for 76 yards and a touchdown and rushed once for six yards in the Bills 21-19 loss to the Dolphins. McKenzie is getting a decent amount of targets, especially when you're looking at PPR and things of that nature where he doesn't necessarily have to have a huge amount of yards or a touchdown to put up a decent week. But I think he is now solidified in that slot role. And this is a guy that you can get for next to nothing. He may still be free or you may be able to trade for him for next to nothing. I think he's going to be dependent. I, I would go get that guy for waivers. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. I'm cool with that. Oh, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Okay, I like uh, I think he's the guy that you want to go get right now. Yesterday, I, I want to say he had nine targets. He had eight, actually, he had eight targets for eight catches and such. Down, he ran ninety-four uh, percent of the the running of the routes. So I think he's going to show that he's taking that step forward uh, with this team as far as receiving. I mean, who else? Who is it? Who else is going to throw to? And that's what I was going to ask you. So is is this a product of necessity? You had Watkins out. You had Watson out as far as wide receiver are concerned. <laughs> Was a little of both, but again, remember he was the guy that in the off season mm-hmm. that people was talking up. You know, That's I mean? true. Everybody, everybody said he was next. He just had to get the reps, and I mean, it's better time than present to take somebody off is now. So Facts. I think it's now. I think the time is now. I think you want to go ahead and get in front of this one. And with A Rod, once you prove yourself to be where you need to be, he'll get you the ball. He'll yeah, make sure. sure you get the ball. I, I definitely like. Another rookie that I think, especially in Dynasty, he's probably still in your waivers right now. Jelani Woods, the tight end for the Colts, he had two touchdowns this week. The thing about Matt Ryan is once he locks on to a red zone target, that's normally who he continues to go to. And Woods may mess around and take over the Mo Alley Cox role and end up being the third go-to guy as far as receptions are concerned for Matt Ryan. Tight end is kind of hard to come by as is. So that is a guy that I would kind of my eye on, especially in Dynasty. He's definitely on your waivers as far as redraft is concerned. So if you have someone who's hurt, someone who isn't producing at all that may be a direction that you want to look still if Everett is on there on your waivers Higby if he's still on your waivers I would look that way as far as tight end is concerned uh another wide receiver man squat and get if you if you're in a wide receiver pinch we spoke a little bit about him Mac Hollins he's yep. only one percent he's only one percent on right now um he's coming off an eight catch 158 yard game with a touchdown I think it's safe to say well he's 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 next I mean he had 10 targets this game, caught eight of those balls. Uh, last week, he had a 66-yard performance. He didn't score, but it did appear to be that um, him and Derek Carr, was that was his go-to target. So even though Hunter Renfro was out, don't let that talk you out of thinking this guy doesn't have value. So absolutely, he's I the think, only guy on the field that won't get that won't get targeted. He, he by, should see single coverage. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? Going down, and he's so, a big dude. That'd be my my next guy, Hollins. Khalil Herbert, we already spoke on. I definitely, he should be one of the first guys you run and go get. If he's not already on your if team. If he's not already on the team. The David Montgomery owner may have already had him, but if not, that's a guy that I would kind of run and go get. Rondell Moore, on the strength of what Dorch is doing right now, and that's going to be Moore's role, 
I can see getting him a week early versus getting him a week late. He does have that ankle. But if you have an IR spot and you can throw him in that spot for a week or two until he's ready to come back, but it's the role that I'm more interested in than anything. And Rondell Moore is more talented than Dorch, and Dorch has been consistently targeted. That's exactly what I expect for Moore when he comes back. So especially if you're in PPR and you're having any wide receiver issues, I would go grab him now. I would even possibly... If I can get a low-end trade for him in Dynasty or something like that, because that role isn't going anywhere and he isn't going anywhere. He's a Cardinal for a while. So that's a guy that I would kind of keep my eye on if at all possible. Look at another wide receiver, man. Only 10% rostered in uh, fantasy leagues, and that's Zay Jones. Yep. Remember I brought up his name before uh, in the uh, preseason? Yes. So you have in wide receiver woes again. This is another guy, the journeyman Zay Jones. He's coming for 10-catch, 85-yard performance with a touchdown. Don't look now, but the Jags are coming. You know, Peterson got these they boys. They are coming. You got these boys together. Um, and Christian Kirk is looking like a number one receiver. Yeah. And with the, you know, and with Kirk drawing a little more coverage, things of that nature, this guy here, I mean, he had 11 targets in the win. Can't be streaky, but he did score double-digit points in week one. Only had five in week two, and now he exploded again in week three with a 24.5-point performance if you're in the PPR league. So I think this would be a guy that you want to get on your waiver as well. Only 10% owned in leagues. My last guy, and this may be a guy that may or may not be on waivers just depending on how deep your bench is, but Alexander Madison, I would go ahead and grab him just in case, even if it's a two-week fill-in, if you're having running back issues. By the time those two weeks are up, if Dalvin could is out for a week or two it'll be another running back that's hurt you just figure out how to you know utilize the the waiver to your um to your best interest at that point but it's a weekly game and you can piece your way through the season and then it's zero zero come playoff time so i don't care if you're zero and three one and three whatever it doesn't matter that shouldn't be your focus making sure you get the best team for the long haul is what you should be focused on and those things tend to work themselves out over the year. Right now, we're in the first quarter of the season. The second quarter tends to be a little bit more, well, quite a bit more important. The third quarter is where you want to kind of have all your dogs running. And fourth quarter is championship season. If you start off slow in your league, I'm going to just tell you, man, don't panic because it's a marathon. I mean, like I said on this show several times, in my league, I usually start off 0-3, maybe 0-4, and, and then I'll be in the championship. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it just I kind of, you know, survey the land, see how the league is going, get a feel for it, make your moves. We spoke on a few. James Robson owners, Cordell Patterson owners, all, if you Austin Eckler guys, things like that, like go ahead, make your move, and then drive downhill. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, like last year, I started off my league, I started off one and three, and I won nine games straight <laughs> right. to the championship game. So don't panic. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people, they'll panic sell. They want to have a fire sale. Oh, everything's on the block. Everything's available. Just take them. Don't do that. If you have you can guy, say that, but don't actually have a fire sale. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 just sell your players because you you know. But again, if you are a James Robinson owner, likely he was he's not your starter, right? You know what I mean. So things like that turn these these gems into bigger gems in the long run. You know what I mean. So, but we're here, man. We're gonna help you get there. You have all our social media ways to reach us if you have questions on trades, things you think you should do. Just give us a, a message. Shoot us a message, man. we be sure to get to you and help you with that. And that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. We will be back in just a couple of days. Sometimes, again, the show does come out a little bit earlier than normal. Make sure you go ahead and follow or subscribe so that as soon as the show is available, you will get the notification and have access. We out.